From the House of Foxes, it's Our Voices, one chapter told week by week. I am Bhavish Pitter. Chapter 6. Escape to America. It was 24th April 1999. Inka walked into the compound. I was waiting at the door. I ran towards her, hugged her and told her everything that had happened in last few moments. She told me, everything will be alright. They will be back by night. We will have dinner together and I will cook your favorite chicken soup. For you and Ali, we will all be together again. I sat on the porch till it was sunset. I did not go back to my room. When Anka came and picked me up to put me to sleep, I did not eat that night. It was a long night. At least to me, it seemed a longer and longer night. Anka came to pick me up at the porch and put me to sleep. We all skipped dinner that night. I asked Anka, where is Ali and Farhad? She said, Ali had a fever. He will rest for a few days in the hospital and when he will recover, he will come back and stay with us. Let's go to sleep now. Else, you might have to go to the same doctor and there are big needles. I know you don't like those needles. I went to sleep. Every morning, I woke up without any news of Ali. Four days had passed by since I last saw Farhad and Ali. Every day Anka told me that they will be back by sunset. Every day I would wait for them, but never did. It was Tuesday, 20th of April. Farhad and Ali were supposed to go to the USA for Ali's treatment in few days. That afternoon, Farhad came back to the hostel. I went running to him and hugged him. Anka was standing next to him. I asked, where is Ali? I looked for him around him. I ran outside to see if he was waiting there, but I couldn't find him. He was not there. I came back running. I asked to Farhad and Anka, where is Ali? How is Ali? When he will come back? Farhad crouched down on his knees and told me, Ali has gone to his mother's village. He will stay there till he recovers completely. His mother is a very good person and she cooks amazing delicious chicken. While he eats his mother's chicken, he will get and recover faster. I felt happy on hearing that, but sad at the same time that I had lost one more friend. At that time, Farhad burst into tears. 
I did not know why he was crying and hugging me at the same time. It was good news that Ali could live with his mother. It was not until many years later that I found out the truth about Ali. Anka pulled us up and took us inside the hostel. Anka told Farhad, "You have 5 days to decide whether you have to travel or not." I know going to the USA without Ali is of no use but while you were in the hospital we received a letter from the authorities that your asylum process for 120 people have been put on hold and that list includes your name the reason for putting this process on hold is because you among many people have entered this country illegally and could not get into the official process i know this is unjust and i will try to fight this judgment with all my effort and power but you have an opportunity to go to the usa and apply a new asylum request there you have a family there you don't want to miss this opportunity Anka continued From my experience everything from now onwards will create more questions and problems in your asylum application My recommendation is you should go to the USA and claim asylum there I will put you in contact with a lawyer there and she will take care of your case Farhad had no idea what to do He was lost in his own thoughts and emotions his mind was occupied with something more important what about ali farhad whispered in his heavy voice anka hadn't thought about this part of the plan the usa visa authorities would ask farhad about ali as they were traveling on a medical visa for Ali's treatment Can I come with you I quietly whispered in the silence Anka's eyes lit up She told Farhad Take Rohit instead of Ali they have similar appearances they look same they are of same age You have a family in the USA he doesn't even have anyone in the world Do him a favor do yourself a favor Farhad did not respond and he walked away into his room. Anka was sad and disappointed. For 2 days Farhad didn't speak a word. He worked in silence and only responded in few words. He looked a broken man. Anka didn't speak to him during that time. Neither did I. It was way past midnight of Thursday. Farhad Farhad woke up with a scream. Ali It woke me up and I sat in my next to him. Farhad came to me and hugged me and said, "Rohit, we are going to the USA. Do you want to come with me?" I was in half asleep. I said, "Yes, yes, I want to meet Ali. I will come with you." I was still sleepy, but I was happy to hear that I will be able to travel with Farhad to meet Ali. I did not understand. and we went back to sleep
We woke up with the Friday prayers and started to pack. I did not have many belongings there. Everything I had was borrowed from people I met. Anka, on hearing this news, was very happy. She started to pack for me. She brought a bag, a few clothes and a pair of shoes for me to wear during my travel. Everything was packed and ready. We were ready to fly in two days. Except there was a minor problem. I resembled Ali, but not as much as Anka thought. A trained and a focused eye would easily catch our false story. Anka and Farhad knew this, but they had forgotten in the hush. Only looking at the application form, they realized that they had to do something. Anka ran out and drove away into a distance. She came back after an hour with some cosmetics and some makeup. She took me to a small room. Anka printed a large picture of Alice and put next to me. She put it on the wall, exactly the same height where I was sitting. And she ran into the bathroom and brought back a large mirror. She was arranging a little makeup room. I had no idea what was going around. Neither did Farhad. Farhad was shivering for he was about to commit a crime. He was taking me on his son's passport and medical visa. If we get caught, we would be sent to jail and then permanently deported to Iraq. Deportation of a Kurdish man to Iraq was like issuing him issuing him a death warrant. My eyes were focused on Farhad's hand. They were shivering and he was visibly shaken. I saw him close his eyes and he brought his hands together to offer a prayer. After his prayer, he opened his eyes to look at me. He smiled and said, Inshallah, we shall do it. He took the scissors in his hand and started to cut my hair. It was easy for him as he used to cut Ali's hair. It saved him money. Close your eyes, Anka told me, and keep them closed until I tell you to open them again. I said yes. I was wearing Anka's daughter's jeans, her t-shirt and shoes. They fit me very well. But I was feeling a little bit cold, but I couldn't complain. It was a difficult choice in hindsight as it would have been a wise choice to stay in Sweden and fight the system without risking two lives. Maybe emotions overpowered our thinking ability and maybe it was for the best. After a while, Anka said, open your eyes and look into the mirror. Well, I smiled and I loved it. It was the first time I saw myself in a mirror, my complete reflection in a mirror. I didn't feel much of a difference as I had never seen myself in the mirror before the way I am looking at it now. I did not notice how my hair was nor how my face was. I only saw my reflection in the water during rains. Anka and Farhad were very nervous. They gave me a paper to read. It had my name of my father, Farhad, my mother, the school in which I studied and the illness which Ali was suffering from, which we received the medical visa for. 
What is this? I asked Farhad. Rohit, to travel to the USA, we have to play a game. We have to act. I will act as your father and you will act as Ali. As a part of this game, you will be Ali from today and Ali will be Rohit. Okay? Do you understand? And if we win, we will get you a secret prize. I was very happy. I responded, Can my secret prize be a bicycle? I want to ride it like the other children. Farhad said, Yes, yes, a bicycle for you. But it is a secret prize. So I can't tell you now. So please keep it a secret. A secret bicycle for you. Anka smiled and said, The game starts now. For the next two days, we practice the role we practice the role of father and son together farhad did not want me to leave behind my best option would be growing up in an orphanage which he did not want he saw his son in me he saw ali in me everything was going according to plan until anka noticed that i did not have a scar about my left eyebrow like ali had we panicked he borrowed anka's makeup and tried to remake the same but the makeup would not last the time of our journey it would be wiped off we were all confused and worried i was just sitting and observing everything all this time i felt i had to contribute to this game as well I took a used butter knife and made a scar to my face. I didn't realize the extent of the pain until I actually felt it. Anka screamed out loud. I was sitting on the chair with the hand on my eyes suffering from the pain watching Anka and Farhad going through the pile of papers trying to find a tissue and trying to ease my pain. It was a big long day. Over a few hours, Farhad wrote down his sister's address and phone number on a small di- on a small paper in his diary. He gave one copy to me and he kept one with himself. He wrote down the address and details of the hospital in which Ali was to be treated. Every little detail he wrote it down. It was all ready and our flight was in 4 hours. We were ready. We were sitting in Anka's car. I was sitting behind Farhad. Anka drove us to the airport. I counted the trees as we drove past and the number of white lines drawn by the airlines, aeroplanes in the sky. The road was straight and long. The car was insignificant compared to the truck in which I sat while going from Tikrit to the NATO military base. Anka was continuously talking to Farhad and me. She was practicing make practice practicing and making us sure that we knew answers of all the questions that might be asked to us. She was asking us questions which we had practiced for last two days and preparing us for immigration checks, police questioning or any other random situations that would that may arise. She was our guiding star. without her i wouldn't be here
I might have been fighting a war that did not belong to me. I might have been dead. After a while, we were all silent, lost in our thoughts and scared of what future was planning for us. We reached the airport and walked to the gates. I hugged Anka. She had promised to visit us in the USA and bring the chicken soup that she always loves to make for us. Ferhat folded his hands and knelt to hug Anka's legs. just like me Tears rolled down our eyes Anka promised us that we will meet her again in few days Little did I know that this was the last time I would see her and she was lying That would be the last time Ferhad and I would see Anka in person We hugged to say goodbyes Ferhad was leaving Stockholm after many years. He had hoped to live there and build a new life with his son Ali. But the last few days had changed our whole world. Both of us had lost our families and country. We lost our roots. We had no place to call home. We had no one to go back to. Maybe Ferhad saw this reason to be with his sister in USA. At least he would be with her. And now I was Ali from this moment on. This was my first visit to a real airport. After coming back from Tikrit to Sweden, this was first time I was going into an airport and flying somewhere else without knowing where to go. I knew this time where exactly I was going. We walked towards the check-in counters with Anka. She was with us and wanted to make sure that we got on the plane without any trouble. I stood by Ferhad and my eyes were exploring every corner of the airport. I saw many little children traveling with their parents. I stood there and watched them. I had no sign of nervousness. Unlike Ferhad, I was playing the role of Ali in the game. I knew I would win a secret bicycle at the end. I had to be at my best else I would lose a bicycle in this game. I did not want to lose anything more. We stood next to the counter. We had three bags with us. Anka had packed us food in a small green bag. She had packed muffins, apples and a water bottle. I was not tall enough to look who was behind the counter. A woman's voice kept talking to Ferhad and Anka suddenly Ferhad lifted me up from behind so that I can see who was he talking to it wasn't for me to check who was he talking to it was for her to see me to verify the picture on the passport i smiled and said hey yag arali i did not know how it sounded but i had practiced those words many times The lady behind counter smiled and said, "Hey Yagar, come here." Ferhat put me down, and I saw him picking up our tickets. I could sense a sigh of relief on everyone's face. Next stop, security station. I was holding on to our green bag with food. From my experience, I did not know how long the journey would be, and when would I get to eat. 
so I held on to it. Then we walked towards the security station. This would be the last point that Anka could come with us. She knelt and gave me a hug and told me, "I will see you soon. Be a strong man that you are." I smiled and hugged her back. She shook Farhad's hand and we said our goodbyes. Farhad and I started walking towards the security. He kneeled down and whispered in my ear, "The game is on and we cannot lose." We gave our bags to the police officer there and passed through the gate. He then gave us our bags back after crossing the gate. For me, stage 1 was cleared without any problems. And the next stop was the immigration desk. There was a queue of about 10 people leading to the immigration desk. I knew I had time and I was hungry. So I took out an apple started to eat. By the time I was fin- about to finish the apple, it was our turn at the desk. Farhad and the immigration officials were speaking in Swedish. I did not understand that language very well, so I was busy eating my apple. Farhad again lifted me up in hurry. but this time i knew it was for the immigration officer to see me i wished him with a smile hey ya garali the immigration officer was a blue eyed man he then asked me something in swedish i did not understand that language and i did not understand the question but my passport said that i was swedish ali was swedish I did not know how to react. Farhad did not know how to react. We had not trained for this. We always thought that my broken Swedish was good enough for this process. I suddenly grabbed my eye which had a bandaid of the over my scar and squeezed it to initiate a small pain, a slight pain. I screamed to show that the pain and it worked farhad put me down he said the officer responded okay okay hi antravignesa that's he said that's okay fortunately a newborn child started crying in the queue he was right behind us and his cries drove everyone's attention the immigration officer let us go through after stamping our passport This was our second victory in this crime. I was playing the game correctly. Well done. You did very well, Rohit. Oh, I mean Ali, you did very well, Ali. Farhad whispered in my ears. Anka was watching us from the distance like a guiding star. We waved at her and walked towards the boarding gate. We celebrated our small victory with the muffins which Anka packed us. Farhad didn't tell me that he had only 27 dollars with him. He had used all his savings to buy our tickets for this flight and arrange for the transport. He had called his sister and informed her about our travel, but he hadn't told her about Ali's death. 
We both sat near the glass wall which oversaw the runway where the airplanes were parked. We stared into the grey sky. Our eyes followed every airplane that took off. It was our new beginning, a journey to a new life. Where we where we would go next, we did not know. All we knew is that it was going to be together. We were going to go together to anywhere everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, we now announce the boarding of the, our flight to New York. This was what I heard and this was prompted Farhat to pack and pick our bags and walk towards the gate. I did not know it was the time to go until Farhat grabbed my hand and started to walk. We boarded the light. We boarded the flight. It was the second time I was traveling on an airplane. This time it was different. I was feeling nervous and I kept thinking about Ali, Anka and Sara. This was like a dream. A good one or a bad one. I did not know. For the second time I was leaving my second family behind. My comfortable bed which heard my prayers by night. and anka my guarding star i started to follow farhad's steps i hadn't seen this type of an airplane before it had more seats than the one which i flew from baghdad to sweden go sit there farhad told me pointing towards the window i went ahead and climbed onto my seat farhad sat next to me it was time to fly When the engine started I held Farhad's hand with one hand and held, held on to my food bag with the other hand I was feeling funny in my stomach it was the first time I was having this feeling It was a similar feeling I had when I did not do my homework and teacher called out my name to punish me So I closed my eyes and squeezed Farhad's hand tightly I knew he would protect me. The funny feeling went away after a while. I opened my eyes to look outside the window. We were above the white clouds and this time there were only few of them. I could see the snow and the vast open space. I saw the infinite sky and I kept looking out of the window the whole time. After some time Farhad handed me a plate full of food. I loved looking at the food and a different things to eat on the plate. I ate everything. I did not leave even a single grain of bread on the plate. I remember they used to complain about me every day saying that I wasted my food whereas the children from the neighboring village didn't get enough food for the days and i was lucky to have food on my plate every day ferhat looked happy and a sigh of relief was radiating from his face we didn't speak after our meal we fell asleep i dreamt of my family dinner while i was sleeping i dreamt of sitting with my family and eating our favorite food anka was there too as part of our family 
I saw she was sitting next to my mother and smiling at me. I remember my mother used to call me a little devil. I slept peacefully during the loudest of noises happening around me. I didn't even wake up until Farhad nudged me to wake me up. It was for the lady who served us food. I did not speak English. I only knew few words. I asked Farhad for some water. Maybe the lady did not understand English too. She gave us a glass of black water which Farhad told me later that it was Coca-Cola. It was the first time I had Coca-Cola. I loved it so much that I drank it at one go. It was a wrong move. I slowly fell asleep and comforted my head on Farhad's arms. I did not know how long it would take. Farhad woke me up again. This time we had landed. He asked me to keep calm and answer yes and no to any questions asked. I did not know any language other than Kurdish. I zipped up my jacket, picked up my bag and followed Farhad. We walked out of the airplane and must have walked 20 meters then suddenly Farhad started to search something frantically and asked me, "Do you have my bag? Have you seen the bag?" I was surprised. "No, I don't. I didn't see your bag. I was sleeping." With haste, he held my hand and dragged me back to the airplane where we were, came from. We ran towards the plane, splitting the people coming out of the plane. Went back to our seats to check if we had lost our bag there. We did not find our bags. Farhad now told me that the bag had our passports and all our papers. Now we both were terrified. He did not know what to do. I did not know what to do. Farhad asked the lady from the airplane, "Have you seen a bag? It had everything. It had our passports, it had our papers. We have lost everything." She replied, "Did you check at your seats? Did you check on your way out? We couldn't find there." Farhad was now turning pale. Together We searched all the seats nearby and every visible storage area. Is this your bag? An old man with a white beard and a turban asked us. It was. Yes, yes, it is. Farhad rushed Farhad rushed towards it and grabbed the bag. He looked inside and verified all the papers and passports were present in the bag. The old man said, "I found it near my seat." And guard this bag like your life depends on it. Never let it go. He then turned around and walked away. Walking towards the immigration desk, we were relieved and anxious at the same time. It was hardest walk to freedom. for Farhad I only wished it was warmer here than back in Sweden We had different thoughts and different problems Maybe mine were 
bigger than his. He had only lost a bag. I had lost a family. We stood in the queue leading to the immigration counter. The queue was full of people and signs that I couldn't read. As the queue moved slowly ahead, Ferhat smiled at me and told me, "Your favorite chicken is waiting for you at Yasmin's home." She had prepared it the same way as Anka did it. You will love it. After a while, it was our turn to present our papers to the officer. Ferhat held my hand tightly as we approached the immigration officer. From a distance, I could see she was a woman. She looked like my aunt who I never saw sleeping. She always worked, cooked, cleaned and ran after my cousins whenever we visited her house. She had brown eyes and a patch of dark circles around them. She checked our passports many times while we were waiting in anticipation. She asked Ferhat, "What is the purpose of your visit here?" Ferhat had rehearsed this all out. We live in Sweden, in Stockholm. This is my son Ali. He is suffering from mitasia gravis, and we are here for his plasma pheresis at the New York hospital. She didn't look happy. She then asked for our papers and doctor's report. Ferhat had Ali's report in a folder. He took them out and handed them over to the officer. The officer was going through the papers slowly and asked Ferhat. How long will you stay in the USA? Ferhat couldn't answer. He wanted to stay forever because we had nowhere to go except to his family here in New York. He politely answered, "Till the doctors advise us to stay." It was a perfectly scripted answer. The officer at the security desk instructed him to take us somewhere. We did not know what was going on. We had answered every question that was asked to us. We were nervous and exhausted. Two policemen took us into a tiny room which had only one chair. This was a different room compared to the room which we had in Sweden. The immigration officer along with two police officers was present in the one room with us. There was nothing except for one chair in this room. We were asked more questions. Where do you live in Sweden? How many years did you live there? Have you traveled outside Sweden? We had no idea how to respond to these questions, but Ferhat tried to respond to them calmly and composedly. We wanted this to end, but did not know which answers they were looking for us to let us go. We were there for 3 hours just sitting in that small room without food or water. I was gazing at the half-eaten apple in the dustbin. It was eaten only at the sides. The top and the bottom part of the apple were left untouched. We would get into trouble if we did did not finish our food. Idris, Sara, and I would eat even the seeds of all the fruits that they gave us. After a while, then came the good news. 
the officer said, You are free to go. We could enter the USA and go to the hospital. We were not given any reason as to why we were made to sit in that room for so long and we did not want to know. We collected our luggage and went straight to the exit where Farhad's sister and her family were waiting. Farhad released my hand and his bag and ran towards his sister, away from me. I could not react to this situation and did not know what was going on. He was running towards a group of people and I was standing near near the two bags lying on the ground. I could not move them, they were heavier. I saw him hugging his sister and brother-in-law. I saw him crying and smiling at the same time. I had never seen Farhad cry like this before. I slowly started walking towards them, dragging the bags with me, even though they were heavy. I stood there with a smile behind Farhad and watched the reunion with his family. I stood behind him till Farhad realized that he had left me behind, way behind with his luggage. Yasmin asked, Where is Ali? Farhad said, He is Ali. He grabbed my hand and pulled me in front. Meet Ali. Yasmin was perplexed. She had seen Ali's childhood picture, but she had a huge question mark on her face. Salam alaikum, Meth. I quickly greeted her. She knelt and hugged me. It was a half-hearted hug. I, her motherly eyes couldn't believe that I was Ali, and she was right about it. I am Rohat, playing Ali's role, but I am... But I had a game to win, so I had to stick to the plan. I said hello to Kasra, her husband, and Zain, her only child. Zain smiled and gave me a banana from his backpack. We picked our luggage and walked out of the airport towards their car. Finally, I was happy to talk with people in Kurdish, my language. We reached their car. This car was a big car, like we had in Tikrit when our King Saddam moved out of his big house. He had many big black cars following him. We stood by the road and waved at him. I think he waved at, back at us too. That's what Kareem said, my friend. I sat, back in, I sat in the back seat with Zen and, my, and May. She looked, at, she looked like my real aunt. She had soft eyes and a warm smile. She asked, me, she asked me if I was hungry. She gave me and Zen a chocolate cupcake from her bag. We loved it. She asked my name and I responded, Rohat. I was terrified and she was confused. Immediately, Farhad interrupted and spoke, Ali, you must be tired. You should, you should sleep. May Yasmin has cooked your favorite chicken soup. You must be ready for that, so sleep now. I was not tall enough to see what was outside except the sunny sky. It was the same that I saw from my house in Tikrit, from our room in Sweden and from the airplane. That day I learnt we all have just one sky and we share it. 
The sky was the same, only my memories were different. I could not sleep, so I kept my eyes closed and pretended to sleep. We slowed down to shop. We had reached the destination, their house. Zen helped me to get out of his car. He took my luggage and asked me to follow him. We had parked in front of a hotel called Yasmina. I looked at it and without realizing that this would be my home for the rest of my life, I followed Zen and went into their house. It was located behind the restaurant. The room smelled of food and I loved it. Yasmin quickly brought the food from the restaurant's kitchen to the living room. She had sensed we had had a long flight and a troubling time waiting at the immigration. We sat on the ground and ate like it was my birthday. I felt at home. I saw it was a bright evening. It was 6 p.m. I saw that arms of the clocks were in a straight line. Bhav had taught me and Idris to read the time. I didn't realize when I fell asleep, but when I woke up the next morning, I was in a bed and in different clothes. I had never slept so long. Bhav never allowed us to speak or sleep that late. He wanted us to study for help day. Only when we were unwell, we were exempted from sleeping late. Zen was still sleeping. I went out to the living room and saw Yasmin and Kasra cutting vegetables in their kitchen. I looked for Farad but could not find him. I asked Yasmin, "Me? Where is Farad?" She told me, "He was praying in the other room." I went to the room and prayed next to him. Together, we had a big breakfast, kobus, hummus, and fresh onions. I must admit I was still hungry. It was Wednesday so Zen was getting ready for his school. I watched him pack his books and lunch box. I walked with him till the door and kept an eye on him till he disappeared at the street corner. I went back to the kitchen and sat and sat next to Farhad. Me which is aunt in Kurdish. Can I help you? I know how to arrange plates and clean them. I spoke in Kurdish. Yasmin smiled and gave me a task to count the number of plates she had cleaned. I only knew how to count till 20, so I counted only 20 plates. Later I understood she did not want children to work like her in the kitchen. She always wanted Zen to study and dreamt of him becoming a doctor. I picked up Zen's book and started turning pages to see if I could understand anything. But I did not know how to read or write English. So I looked at the pictures and enjoyed the feeling of holding a book in my hands. That was my life for a few days. As days passed, Zen taught me English. He brought books from his friends and the school library to teach me. We would play together when he returned from the school at noon and then we would help together Yasmin and Kasra in the kitchen whenever there were more people to serve. Zen taught me how to count while we were sitting and guarding the cash register. 
I would talk to every customer in my broken English and made a habit to write down a new unfamiliar word every day in my small blue book. This book was gifted to me by Zen. There was a man who always came by to eat at our restaurant at around 8 p.m. and he ordered the same dish every day. Every day for the dinner. Good evening Mr. Victor. Would you have the same dish for dinner today? I had memorized this sentence to speak with him. He was a big man, a bit taller than Farhad, but with lots of muscles and a big big appetite for food. End of chapter 6. Our Voices is produced by me. Music by Anchor. Please check it out on our website houseoffoxes.com where you can also download the ebook and find the nearest paperback store. Sign up for our email newsletter and be notified when new episodes are released. Please share this with your friends and family. Thank you and have a great day.